The psalmist says, be still and know that I am God. Why is that so hard for us? Do you ever struggle being still? Do you ever struggle feeling like you can say about any day or week or month of your life that I've rested in Christ, that I'm living at a place of rest, even if I'm working hard? There's something about being still and something about rest in our culture that is incredibly elusive. And maybe you found it to be elusive for you personally. That we hear about these great promises of God and how he offers rest, but we rarely experience them in a way that meets the deepest needs of our heart. Well, that's what this morning is about. In fact, that's what this whole series is about that we started last week, that Jesus is our everything. When we get a more accurate picture of who Jesus is and what he wants to do in our life, we start to see that he meets the deepest and most important needs of the human heart. Your needs and my needs, as we get to know him better, he really is our everything. He's our all in all. Sometimes we might not in agreement with that, but on a life, day-by-day experience level, we go, I'm not sure I'm feeling it. I don't know if I'm experiencing the rest. Well, this morning is about Jesus, our rest. Last week, it was Jesus, our good shepherd. And part of that, remember, as a good shepherd, he makes us to lie down, remember, in green pastures and by what kind of waters? Still waters. It's that being still and knowing that he's God, reflecting on the still waters, seeing the greatness of his creation and seeing his heart and feeling his love and having abundance in him. He promises that to us as his sheep, those he's rescued, those that he's forgiven and drawn to himself as a father and as a shepherd. He wants us to experience that. So this morning is, if you will, more of an explanation. We're going to go a little deeper, a little wider into what it really means to experience the rest that we are given in Christ. An incredibly chaotic, incredibly fast-paced, incredibly demanding world. Right? Very demanding. High expectations. You must measure up. You have to compete with other people. And that just wears us out, if we're honest. It just wears us out. And so the Lord wants to remind us today, whatever our hurts or our, our burdens whatever expectations we may feel have been placed on us in Christ, we find our rest. So grab your Bibles and open up to Matthew chapter 11. We're going to look at just a few verses. Sometimes I prefer that, just a few verses that are powerful, because then we can really talk about whether we're really understanding them and applying them. So a few verses from Matthew chapter 11, starting in verse 25, going through verse 30. And to give the context of this, Jesus is explaining who gets this understanding of who God is and his truth. So starting in verse 25, he kind of sets the stage for how rest can really be found in Christ. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, And no one knows the Father except the Son, and to anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. So Jesus is praying, and we just get this opportunity to see his heart with the Father. He's speaking to his Father in heaven. Personal, right? It reveals the kind of relationship that he had with the Father. And he said, you've hidden your truths from people that are proud. The only one that real, ones that really get to understand the truths of Jesus, which bring about this rest and all the rest of 
the blessings of walking with God, let alone all of eternity with Him, are those that are humble, those that have childlike faith. Isn't it interesting that the world looks down on children, on maybe those that are weaker, the marginalized, the sick, the oppressed, the elderly, because they can't make it happen. They can't get out in the marketplace. They can't bang it out. They can't meet the expectations and above, right? So they get marginalized. And Jesus really turns that whole thing and he says, Father, you've chosen by your gracious will, because you have complete wisdom and understanding and you are truth, that you would only reveal yourself and your ways and your truths to those that would have childlike faith, that would cho choose to humble themselves like a child would before a father. It's really refreshing, actually. Sometimes it hits us right in our reality, and we go like, whoa, I tend to want to kind of keep earning my, my way through life. I want to keep my reputation high and spotless. I want people to respect and honor me. I want to be known as a certain person. And really, we're moving away from God when we, when we do that, when it's, Lord, I just want to be known as your child, and I want to learn from you. I want to receive from you. I want to honor you. I want to honor other people. I actually want to go around really more like a servant, just like Christ. When you start thinking that way, let alone living that way, you've actually started to understand the deepest spiritual truths that the Father offers us through Christ. And Jesus said that in these verses. Those are hidden from the wise, the understanding, the ones that are proud and arrogant, the ones that feel like they've kind of reached another level and can look down on parts of humanity. We should be looking up at all of humanity, thinking, wow, God loves them. He created them in his very own image. Whether they're making dark choices and trapped in sin or not, or whether they're really honoring God, doesn't matter. My eyes are to lift them up. My eyes are to be humble toward these people as I'm humble to God. I want to be a person with childlike faith. If we can walk away from that need to be considered wise and have deep understanding we'll actually find ourselves more like Christ and more able to have true wisdom. You know, I've had an interesting kind of, not struggle with this as much as maybe a reflection on this in the, in the past few years. You know, when you uh, come into ministry, you know, they, they want you to have training. I went to seminary, it's kind of a typical pathway. Not everyone does it that way. But you build up knowledge. You know, you learn a lot about the Word of God and you have to study it and be able to divide it. That's part of my role and I need to. Sometimes that can get in the way, though, from my heart responding like a child to God. Do you ever find that true of you? Some of you really like to study and divide the Word, and you've got more books and more podcasts and more. And the challenge, I think, for any of us that really like to dig in and divide and know some of the Greek and be able to debate others and compare teachers and commentators out there is that we can have a lot in our head. Now, we need to renew our mind. But we renew it through principles that are very simple and childlike. And we have to get this. Very simple and childlike responses to God. When God says, forgive someone, you don't need to know the Greek. <laughs> Unless they're Greek, I guess, okay? And you probably got into it with them, yeah. You just need to obey. It's really simple. You need to love them and extend love. Well, I don't know. Can you define that for me? What kind of love? Is that my neighbor or is it the guy down the street? Or, well, I've known him a long time and he's really a gruff person, so I don't, you don't mean him. Like we get so caught up and we want to really let ourselves off of any obedience hook, if you will, because we want to live in our head. We want to sound intelligent. We want to be known as someone who's wise. Who wants to be known as someone who's just really got childlike faith and is a servant and very humble? You really want to be known that way? If so, 
you'll be known to be like Christ. And that's who he was. Now, he had all wisdom. He had all knowledge. He's the one that gives it to humanity. And yet how he chose to live was humbly. So he's talking to the Father, and he's going, Father, it's your gracious will that you hid these things from the proud because they'll, all dom- they'll start dominating people. They'll start looking down. there. It's just going to make them more proud. You will only reveal yourself and your truth to those that are humble, that have childlike faith. Now, that should be welcome to us because then none of us has to compete. We don't have to think, oh, we need some seminary degree. We need to know more. We need to be more mature. We just actually have to be children that go to his word, sit before our father. Yeah, dig in so you can really understand it. Learn from other teachers that have studied it, but then just always have a humble heart that responds. That's his gracious will. Jesus says, I'm only going to reveal myself to those that want to respond humbly to God. Only the humble in heart get a revelation of who God is in Christ. John 14, 6, Jesus said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And if you come through Jesus, you come through a servant. You come through the Son. You come through a suffering high priest who understands, who went to a cross. That's how you come through. You don't come through someone who's proud and arrogant and dominates and controls. You don't come through someone who sets up systems that people have to follow and they get punished and they're trying to earn. You're coming through a servant. He says, I am the way, I am the truth and the life. If you want to know the creator of this world, the heavenly father who offers you personal forgiveness and relationship, you come through me and just remember who I am. And the more we get to see Christ, the more we understand the Father and the Holy Spirit, because they're all God, right? Three in one. So the best foundation for having rest is Jesus. Jesus is rest. You could walk out of here with three words from this morning and forget everything else I say. That would be it. Jesus is rest. It's in him It's from him, it's taught by him, and you'll see how easy it is actually to learn. Now, many many people these days attempt to know God their own way. First of all, they like to create God in their own image rather than, wait, we were created in his image. So instead of humbling themselves before the God of the Bible that self-discloses and reveals himself, and most gloriously through Christ, they want to make up their own God and then their own pathways to their own God. They create the destination, they create their own pathway. Isn't that convenient? (laughs) You know what that allows them to do? Stay proud. I just saw this 2020 special on Leah Remini. Did you see that? And her escape from Scientology. Wow, does it build up pride in the human heart. Unbelievable. And it's very interesting how celebrities are so drawn to her. At least some are. Arrogance and pride and special wisdom and special knowledge. And they're creating their own, their own God and reincarnation. I guess they sign a contract when they're really serious about being faithful Scientologists for a billion years, literally. It's just a billion years on the contract because they keep coming back. I'm like, wow, it's, it's a false God and a false path to a false God. And yet they're throwing their whole lives, their families, you know, thousands of dollars, millions of dollars, she said, in trying to be good Scientologists. But pick your false religion or pick your cult or pick whatever it is in this world that you have set up as God in your heart, money or pleasure or power, prestige, or reputation, or security for your future, or whatever it is, good looks, and the response that you get from that. 
And you'll find out that you've created an idol, you've set up a false god, and then every path to it works, but it's all false. Jesus said, I am the way, the path, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Unless it's the God of the Bible, it's a false God. Unless it's through Jesus, it's a false path. Jesus really is the only one that can say truthfully and completely lovingly, lovingly my way or the highway. <laughs> He's really the only one that can say it without sarcasm and attitude. Is you'll go the broad way, but it ends in destruction. Or you'll choose Jesus, the way and the truth and the life, the only way, and you actually can have this relationship with the Creator who calls himself your heavenly father, who wants you to be, he wants you to be his son and daughter and have special and intimate relationship. Jesus reveals the father and his truth to whom he chooses. And who does he choose? He chooses those that have humble hearts that would respond humbly to a God that is great. And isn't that just appropriate? If God is the creator and all-powerful, almighty, wouldn't it be their best response to just humbly come to him and just say, like, I get to know you? You actually are inviting me to come? I, you're going to overlook my pride and my, through Christ you forgave me. You're going to put all that aside? You won't hold your trans, my transgressions against me? You'll separate my sin as far as the east is from the west from me? You'll bury him in the depths of the ocean so I can just come and know you? Yeah, but it only comes through Christ and his work on that cross. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. No one else comes any other way just through Christ. And then it gets very personal. He talks about how as we come to him in truth, we're going to find deep rest for our soul. Verse 28, Jesus invites the heavy laden to come to him for rest. Verse 28, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So Jesus begs the question, right? Imagine what it was like to hear those words for the first time as his disciples and some of the crowd. You think they felt heavy laden and burdened by life? I'm wondering if their little carpentry shop would make enough profit that they could eat or that the crops would have enough rain. Whatever their livelihood was, Lord, will it supply for me and our needs? Will we fix that divide in our family? Will we have freedom from oppression? Will a foreign power come in and destroy and kill and pillage? Do you think they had worries or concerns? Do you think they had things that felt heavy? I'm sure they did. Just like you. Maybe a little different. Maybe you're not trying to raise a crop or make furniture with your hands or do something in the marketplace, but it's a different marketplace. Still heavy demands. Still things that burden us, right? He says, if you want to find rest, you're going to find it in me. He knows that people are burdened by life, so that's kind of a given. I think he looks for those that would be honest enough to say, yeah, I am like really burdened. Yeah, truth be known, got a lot of burdens. Should I make you a list, <laughs> right? I've got burdens, I've got relationships, I've got tension over here. I've got lack of money here. I've got an investment going south here. I can't sell my house here. I'm doing this and that and I run and ragged and I don't have everything left. And tomorrow, it's going to get worse potentially. Because Monday was just a startup, right? 
Monday, I'm just getting warmed up for the rest of what could be nuts at school and demands from teachers or coaches or doctors' visits that may not bring less burden but more burden and more concern. So Jesus says, are you willing to admit that you carry burdens and that it gets heavy and hard in this life? And when we are, we're in the best place to start receiving his rest. When we fight that and we tell God, it's like, no, got this. The world says you want to be a person that says, no, got this. When other guys need a lot of help, you just kind of go, no, I got this. People at work, you know, they need to work with us. No, I got this. We, we tend to want to be the got this person. And it's really smart to just say, God, would you help me with this? I want you to got this, Jesus. I need your help. I don't got this. I don't have this down. I don't, I'm not an endless supply of energy and strength. I'm not all that creative, just limitless creativity. No, I'm limited and I'm weak and the burdens of life get to me and I carry too much and I drag around baggage and I gotta just stop, Lord, and I wanna give it to you. You know, you say I don't need that and then I can come to you for my rest. If you ever feel like a person uh, pulling a huge load, you go through life and look at this picture. There's a guy here who's got a little bit of a load. Ever feel like that, dude? You're pulling 747s every day of your life. You just feel like, yeah, and they loaded it up with cargo, too. And there's 225 people on board, and you just, you feel like this guy. You know what Jesus would rather us feel like? An experience? Go to the next picture. Bart Caney. That's who. You should be that guy. Okay, so yesterday, you know, at the trunk or treat, the Saratella set up a little camp and he has a, I guess this little portable <laughs> hammock, right? So Bart slipped into it. Funny thing, he was needing a little rest. Okay, we all came alongside him. He's getting a little water or I'll just encourage him and he's kicking back, right? Now, I don't know if you know that, but that was Bart in the other picture too. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> but maybe Bart needs to relax more like this. Maybe that's why he found that hammock before anyone else did. As we go through life, we realize Jesus is our hammock. He's the one that wants to support us and give us rest. He doesn't want us pulling 747s around. Interesting thing about a 747. It's fairly powerful. We're supposed to get on the 747, not pull it, right? Jesus has all power, and he is sovereignly in, in control of every detail of your life. And every one that's coming that you think you might be able to predict and control, you can't. He has it in his hands. He wants you to get on board. He wants you to bring what you have and give it to him. Send the luggage on early, right? Don't pay 100 bucks per piece. Give it to Jesus. He wants to carry it. He's got the power to carry it. You're not dragging 747s around. You need to be kicking back with Bart. Okay, letting the rest of Jesus support you. Letting the community, that's kind of a fun shot because it reminds me of the community. We find rest when we're in community. If the enemy can divide you from the body of Christ, you'll start pulling 747s and doing it on your own, saying, I got this, and the enemy's clapping for you. Yeah, you do, you got this. Yeah, go. And you're destroying your health, and you're destroying your family. And you're destroying your walk with God because you keep pulling things with such burden and anxiety and stress and, and whatever. 
and it's destroying parts of your life. You just haven't hit the wall yet, so you think you're getting away with it. But you should know, it's like, I wasn't designed to do it this way, though. I was designed to be able to rest in community with Christ, not be separated, to be together, come to him in my closet, come to him corporately, and find rest in him. Jesus invites you. He says, come to who? Come to me. Very, very exclusive. He leaves no room for other options. Did you notice that? He didn't say, come to me and learn from these other philosophers, these other religions. They have a little bit of truth too. He says, come to me. Come to his word. Very exclusive. Very, if you want to say it's narrow, of course it's narrow. Because he's the only one who is truth and has truth. No other things, no other options, no other possession will provide soul rest. You might be able to go buy a little rest at a nice spa or, you know, catch a nap somewhere and that's fine. But the deep reflective rest that you need in your own identity, in your heart, who you are. And you know that, right? You know the difference of that. It's not, you know, rest is different than sleep. And some of you need sleep. I discovered talking to people, they're really, they're lacking just good sleep. But you know how good sleep comes? By placing your rest and your trust in Christ. That's when you start to sleep better. When you, you're pulling 747s around, you tend not to sleep well. I heard that in our life group a couple of times. People say they just don't sleep well because they have so much on their mind. It's hard for them to rest their soul and their heart and their mind in Christ. And that's kind of a normal challenge for each of us. Come to Jesus, Jesus alone each day. Identify the burdens that you're carrying. Can you do that before the Lord? It all starts with honesty. Lord, this relationship at work is sucking me dry. This tension in my family is overwhelming me. Say it. You don't need to explain it to the Lord, but you do need to say it so you know what's going on in your heart. I'm fearful about the future, God. I don't know how this is going to happen. If they're going to do that, if this is going to sell, my job's going to be there, my health is going to be there. I'm just flat out afraid of what tomorrow or next week or next, next month holds. When you can identify the burden, now you can ask Jesus to take the burden. I'm overwhelmed, everything's great, but I got 17 greats in my life. Can you relate to that? They're all awesome. Dance and soccer and work and family and friends and football. And they're just 17 greats, but the greats of all those things, because you've taken them out of your own strength, they're wearing you out. And you're frazzled and fractured and short with those that you love as a result. He just doesn't want you to carry that much burden. So each day to go to Jesus, identify the burdens, lay them down. That's hard to do too. When you lay a burden down, you're basically saying to God, I trust you with my marriage. It's hard right now, but I'm going to lay it down and I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to give it to you today. Help me to be Christ-like in my responses to my spouse today. Help me to trust you with my physical reality, my sickness today. Be my healer and my sufficiency today. I can't carry it another day. It's all on you, Lord, and you welcome me to come to you. You invited me 
to lay the burdens down, the heaviness, so that my soul can rest. When you start resting like that in the Lord, you'll start sleeping better too. And that's like bonus. There's a psalm that says um, that the blessing of the Lord is the ability to lay down and sleep. A lot of people can lay down, but they struggle actually sleeping because they haven't found that they can rest their burdens and their troubles in Jesus' hands to put them there. That's when you can start to rest well and restore as well as sleep well. Meditate on his promises. So you come to Jesus each day. You identify the burdens, the fears, the anxieties, and you lay them down. You probably have to do it one, on, one at a time. You probably have to write them down as you do it so you remember you actually did. <laughs> you ever get lost in your own prayer sometimes? You start laying something down, you start getting all worried about it. For the next 10 minutes, you've actually been worrying rather than praying and laying down. So you write it down, you go, I'm giving that to you, Lord. You write that down, I'm giving that to you, Lord. Or you just give them all and then you write some of them down and you go, okay, I gave all those to God. There it is. I prayed 11 to 15 and I gave them to God. And you're going to need to come back and see that you did that on 11.3 and 11.10. And you're going to need to tell your spouse, no, I remember I gave them to God on 11.2 and I gave them a couple more times through the week and I gave them those same ones again on the car when I hit traffic and the guy cut me off. I gave them that one and the other ones that were attaching, like those little sucker fish on a whale. I got, got other attachments today. You probably need to give those a little attachments to God too, right? Because they will attach and slow you down. You will not make the progress. So you identify the burdens, the attachments, the baggage. You give them to God and you go through your day. Really with, with soul rest and with his peace. You start getting bogged down again. Get up from your desk and take a walk. Just find a really long walk to the bathroom. Go the other way. <laughs> go outside. Pause. Put your earbuds in. Close your eyes at your desk. Wait for the kids to take a nap. Everyone's quiet. All right. <laughs> Go steal some time with the Lord. We have to find our rest in him. He invites us to lay the burdens down and find our rest in him. And then thirdly, Jesus offers us an easy yoke and light burden. Sometimes you might think, well, that's not reality to just give Jesus everything. What well, can I then just go to sleep for four days straight? <laughs> you might feel like doing that. No, you got a job. You have kids. You have a spouse. You have friends. You have responsibilities. You're trying to minister to those in the community and be a light and all that. And you go, okay, but that's a lot. And I don't want to keep strapping all that on and letting it bog me down and burden my heart. So Jesus said, come to me if you're weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. And then in verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I will find rest when I learn from Jesus. You answer the invitation every day and you come to him. Sure, it can be in your car. I suggest at the beginning of the day before the day gets crazy. Else you'll start falling into the burdens and anxieties and you'll start pulling small Cessnas and then you'll be pulling 747s by noon. You start the day resting in Christ, in his promises. You give him burdens from yesterday or last night or ones that might be coming that could weigh you down and stress you out. You start the day. Then as you go through the day, you learn from him. You've got to come and learn his truth and his ways. I find my rest when I learn from Jesus. He says he wants us to take on his yoke. He says his yoke is easy. What's a yoke, first of all? 
So when you're plowing a field and you don't have a big John Deere out there, where's, where's Mr. Shirley? Talk to Ralph Shirley if you want to know about John Deere. Okay, anyway, but if you just have an oxen or a couple oxen, you want a yoke that fits those oxen so they can pull together, you can attach the plow, direct them easy. You don't want to wear the oxen out. You don't want the yoke to hurt the oxen. You want it to be well-fitting. And you want as light a plow as possible just so that they can till the ground and lay out an opening for the seed. Okay, so that's the analogy. Jesus says his yoke is easy. It's well-fitting. And the burden that you'll be pulling is light. It's not a 747. It's light because Christ is in control. He knows how to open doors and fix things and bring healing. His timing's perfect. He's going to provide for you. He's got a great future in mind. Just realize he wants you to follow him and rest. As you walk, you rest in him, which is a way of saying you trust in him. You're learning from Jesus. When you learn from him, you'll understand that his expectations, if you will, his commands are not heavy. They make sense. They're easy. They're not heavy like the world is. You yoke yourself together with Christ. And if you're yoked with Jesus, you have all the power in the world because it's all in him. It's like carrying, you know, it's like when your dad, you ever had this experience where, you know, you're like three and you want to carry your dad's lunch to the car. You are carrying the lunch and you're helping. Dad could have done it without you. But he let you carry it. You are doing something. And he might even actually pick you up as you're carrying the lunch because you're stumbling a little bit because you're only two. But you're still holding a lunch. You're still helping. You're still involved. There's still a relationship. He wants you to walk with him like that. He wants you to realize that you have all the power. You're yoked up with Christ. There's unlimited power, unlimited grace, unlimited wisdom. He's the one who opens doors and shuts doors. You don't have to worry about what's going to happen. You just keep walking with Jesus. And all of a sudden, you'll feel like, man, your yoke is easy and light. And there aren't things holding you back. His truth and his ways are life-giving. That's where you find peace in him. First John 5, 3 says that. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not, say it with me. They're not burdensome. Any other words we could use from today's message? They're not what? Heavy. They're not difficult. They're not burdensome. They're to give you life. They're life-giving. Let's look at some examples. Okay, loving people. The greatest command is to love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength and to love others. Is that burdensome? You think, well, I don't know. Some people are pretty hard to love. Just like you. <laughs> are you hard to love? I bet you everyone in this room is hard to love at times. Yes. When you realize that and you're like, oh, well, so other people are hard to love at times. Yes. God loves us all, all the time. We don't love each other or him all the time. But that's where we find life is when we give love. What's the, what's the other option? Hate. Hate that person. A lot of people throw that word around these days. Man, I hope that word goes away. It's just really trendy, though, to say you hate something. I hate them. I hate that band. I hate that food. Oh, I hate that. I hate. Pretty soon, hate is just really normal for you. So when someone kind of takes you off, I hate that guy. I hate when people do that. And you, get, you start getting a harder heart toward people. That happens. And if you can't even admit that what I'm saying is true, it's probably already happened to you. Hate is not a big deal. It should be a big deal because it's the opposite of love, right? We start looking at people as they're in the way, they're disappointing me, they're not doing my life my way, doing life my way. 
I can't meet a goal. I can't meet an expectation. I can't start relaxing yet because they're in my way or they did this or I can't believe they're like that. Hatred relationally is a burden. That's the burden is hate. When you can love and forgive people because you're yoking yourself up with Jesus and you have the almighty forgiving one who's forgiving you, you can forgive others. Now you're free again. Hatred's a burden. Love's not a burden to love others by God's command. That's not the burden. Hatred, bitterness in your heart, unforgiveness, that's what tears you apart. That's what's going to weigh you down. How about forgiveness? Sure, same kind of thing, right? Bitterness and retaliation is the burden. Forgiveness is not the burden. We're supposed to give grace to people. That's a command of God, right? Unmet expectations of others is the burden. When you can give grace instead of holding on to an expectation, you'll be more free. How about this one? Truth. We're supposed to be people that traffic in truth. If you fall into lying, exaggeration, or deceit, you have a growing burden on yourself to keep others from knowing that because you kind of know they don't like liars. And even if you struggle with that, you wouldn't want to relate to people that are always lying to you. You just think you do it less than they do. People that traffic in truth have less burden because you don't have to remember what you actually said. Oh, geez, did I tell them I was going to be? Wait, no, I wasn't there because I got caught up at the store. No, it was because I was at a football game. No, it was because, and you get trapped in your own lies and deceit and exaggerations and everyone's like, wait, I thought you were, and then you're like, oh, cover that up, cover that up. It's just like, where's the burden in telling the truth or in telling lies? The burden is in telling lies. And we think, no, 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 we're going to protect our reputation. Like, it'll go better this way. I don't want to hurt their feelings, you know, and I got, uh, I got enough other stuff going on. I don't want people to think negative of me. Wow, that's the burden. Keeping track of all that? That's heavy, <laughs> right? That's heavy. Uh, generosity. No, I got I to gotta take care of me and my own. Me, me, mine, me, mine, my own. Selfishness is a burden that destroys relationships. When you hold back from people and you're not generous with your time, with your love, with your stuff, you end up measuring, you end up deciding who's going to get what in your life and if they're good enough. So now you've elevated yourself in pride. You don't give to certain people. Definitely don't give time to certain people. You would never really extend yourself or lend or, or just give something away to certain people. But if you tend to be a generous person with all kinds of people, you're going to find freedom. Generosity that Jesus says is truth and it's his way actually frees your heart. So love, forgiveness, grace, truth, and generosity, and those are just a few of the commands. Those actually bring freedom and take away burdens. They take away anxiety. They take away stress. Does that make sense? We have to keep it simple. You know that, that principle, kiss, the kiss principle? Keep it simple. <laughs> Bonnie? Oh. <laughs> keep it simple, silly. Love God, love others, and work. If you're going to work at anything really hard, work at that. Receive the love of God every day by coming to Jesus, taking on his, his ways and his truth. That's what it means to put on his yoke as you start the day. His ways, his truth. His ways, his truth. Jesus, show me your ways of truth. Get to know Jesus more, get to know his, his ways more. Get to know Jesus more, get to know his truth more. All these promises are for me, and his commands are for me, and his commands are not burdensome. The world's burdensome. The world's heavy. The anxieties and expectations of the world are heavy. I can't control the world or the future, so it lacks peace, so that's heavy. But I can choose to give love and forgiveness and grace and truth and generosity, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, any of those ways of Jesus, and I'm going to find myself 
in rest. Even in a busy day, my soul can be at rest. And then he kind of finishes and reminds us that Jesus is a really easy person to learn from. Why is that? Verse 29, he's gentle and humble in heart. He's gracious and forgiving. Maybe the best way for us to think about this is, uh, I don't know, someone at work or a coach or something. You find out that they, they actually did something really, really sacrificial for you so you could be on the team. Super, super, super sacrificial. They overlooked something they shouldn't have. They, they gave you an opportunity at work. They, they did something that was sacrificial on their behalf for you to have an opportunity to play and be on the team. You're like, why, why, why would he do that? Why would that person do that? Uh, I have no clue why I would get this opportunity. Why this coach would care so much about me. Why would he sacrifice and do that for me? Why me? I'm second string, third string. I'm the fourth punter. <laughs> why? When you see that in the heart of a coach, do you want to learn from the coach? Yeah. When he's an arrogant, iron-fisted, dictator type of person in any role, it's really hard to learn from those people. You might want their stuff or their position. You don't want to be like them, though. Hopefully you don't. But when the coach is humble and gentle, when Jesus said, I've already sacrificed by going to a cross so you can have life, and now I want you to continue to walk in that life, I don't want you to take on the burdens that will weigh you down and stress you out. He's a sympathetic high priest as well. Hebrews 4.15, For we do not have a high priest who was unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. He represents us before the Father. He intercedes for us. The high priest intercedes before you and the Father. You don't need to go to another person, right? You don't need another intermediator. Jesus is the intermediator between you and the Father. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He takes your request to the Father. That's why we pray in Jesus' name. We're praying to the Father in Jesus' name as led and inspired by the Holy Spirit. He's the sympathetic one who understands our weaknesses. He lived in flesh. He knows what we face. Now, he didn't give in to any of the temptation, but he understands the weight of the temptation. So he's the gentle and humble teacher who gets it and knows we're weak. And then this is awesome. He's the best cheerleader in the world. He wants you to win. He already told you you are going to win. In fact, he took on your greatest enemy, death and the enemy, and he beat him at the cross, and he says, you get to walk in my victory. Just stay right behind me. You'll be fine. Stay right behind me. You have nothing to fear. Luke twenty-two thirty-one. Jesus says, Simon, Simon, he's talking to Peter. Behold, Satan demanded to have you that he may sift you like wheat, but I have prayed that your faith may not fail. Did Peter's faith in the end, fail. No, it didn't, because Jesus said, I have prayed for you and will pray for you, and the same is true of you and me. We are not going to fail in our faith because Jesus said he'll give us strength to the end, because Jesus is looking out for us. He is our good shepherd. He's the one who understands, and from a gentle and humble place will keep teaching you. All you have to do is answer his invitation to take on his yoke and his light burden, his easy yoke and light burden, and learn from him each day. And steal those times. Discipline yourself to get those times to sit and reflect on his promises. To let the love of God wash over you. To give him those burdens and to name them and release them to God. And maybe do that with another person or two so they can support you in it and pray for you in it. 
And you're going to find rest for your soul. When your soul starts getting your rest, rest, your mind starts getting renewed, and your body will start to rest physically. You'll sleep better. You have less visits to the doctor because they say that stress creates a lot of trouble in the human system, in the human body. What they're discovering, we're already told by Scripture, by the one who created the human body. So here's a review. Jesus reveals the Father and His truth to whom He chooses. He invites the heavy laden to come to Him for rest. That's you and me. Jesus offers us an easy yoke and a light burden. So maybe a couple of reflection questions that we can pray through and then talk about in our life groups and our relationships. What most often prevents you from going to Jesus each day for soul rest and learning? What hard yokes and heavy burdens do you take on which end up robbing your joy, energy, and witness? Some good things to pray through, huh? Well, we're going to have a time now to worship and to pray, to just reflect on those questions. So I encourage you to keep reflecting, keep praying, keep taking your burdens to the Lord that he would give you his rest. We're going to worship. We're going to have an offering. I encourage you to be generous as the Lord has been generous to you so that your life and resources can be a blessing. And we're going to pray now and worship from our heart. Jesus, we want to thank you for your invitation. It's for all people, and it's for the honest, humble that admit they're burdened. And Lord, we do. We admit we're burdened. We have weights on our hearts and on our minds right now. And Lord, it's wearing us out. We, we, we need your rest. Can you tell him right now even? Can you name some of those burdens to him? Tell him in your heart. fearful about I'm not trusting you about Not leaning on your promises in this area, Lord. I need to exchange that heavy, heavy yoke and burden for yours. Jesus, I thank you that you're strong so I don't have to worry about being weak or feel ashamed or have to pretend. My strength is found in you. And your ability to direct my life and your strength to bring healing where I hurt, where those relationships hurt, Forgive me, Lord, for looking 
to other people or other things to solve those. I put them in your hands. I lay them down before you, the one who gave it all up for me. Jesus, help me to learn from you. Thanks for being the best teacher ever. And Father, as you restore me, even this moment as I'm praying, give me strength to keep coming to you, Lord, to lay it down, to each day to answer your invitation to sup with you and sit with you and learn from you, read your word, to pray. God, help me to also extend that to others. What I'm learning, Lord, that I would extend it to others so that they could find rest, even being around me. Thank you, Lord. Every day we can always come as we are with whatever burdens you welcome us. You invite us to lay it down that we would find life and strength and healing again. Receive our offering, Lord. Receive our praise. It comes from a grateful heart. May you be lifted up in our midst.